Creepy is proud to be a part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Now please join me in welcoming and thanking new patrons, Jim Butcher, Nate Newberry, Ruben Alonzo Rojas de Jesus, Maylin Butita, Red Varen, Liz Frazier, Pat's Fan for Life, Pita Lilulitz, Harry Lime, Katrina Petrova, Taryn M. Rinker, Samantha Phillips, Carl Thostenson, Kik Yu, Joseph Wilson, to Gianna Rose and her rusty hatchet, and Project Preth. If you'd like to see how you can support this podcast and get rewards like shoutouts, early commercial-free access to episodes, immediate access to, and let me check my notes, yeah, that's right, my math's actually been off, over 400 Patreon-exclusive episodes instantly, logo mugs, t-shirts, and more, please visit patreon.com slash creepypod. Now... This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents I Steal Bodies Written by Devin Hoover I am dead. Well, at least the real me is. See, this body I'm using to write this isn't mine. I stole it. Don't worry, I won't be using him for too long. Once I'm done writing all this, I'll give it back to him. He won't even know anything happened. I'll even be sure to tuck him into bed once I'm done. So, let me begin when I was still alive. I was your average 24-year-old guy. I wasn't into witchcraft or anything. In fact, quite the opposite. Before I died, I didn't even believe in the supernatural. Now that I think about it, the way I died really was quite embarrassing. I was cleaning a gun when... Wait, wait, wait. That wasn't my original body. It's been so long I almost forgot. No, I remember now. I was just about to have a bubble bath. The last time I had one, I was probably about four years old. I was admittedly a bit excited... So excited that I managed to trip on my way to the now full tub. My head landed square in the edge of the tub, knocking me out instantly. My unconscious body managed to slide into the water, and I drowned. Next thing I knew, I was in limbo. I suppose I probably went unclaimed by whatever happens in the afterlife. And so I was placed in the waiting room while the higher-ups sorted me out. It actually appeared as if I was in a literal waiting room kind you'd see at every doctor's office. There's no one else in the room, though. Just me and some terrible elevator-type music coming from overhead. Now that I think about it, maybe this was hell. If it seemed like an eternity, the music stopped. I heard a ding and a voice came from overhead. Thank you for waiting. Please make your way to the door on the right and step through. 
Well, I didn't really have any other options, so I obliged. I made my way to the door and stepped through. There's a man waiting for me on the other side. Welcome. Please take a seat. Where do you feel comfortable? He sat this gesturing at the many different seats in the room. It looked like a therapy office. There were couches and a few regular chairs. I took a seat in one of the chairs and I tried to study the man. Even now, I couldn't explain him if I tried. It was as if his face was constantly shifting. He certainly had some aura about him. I'm pretty sure he was a god of some sort, or at least some type of higher being. Where am I then? I finally asked. I suppose most humans will call this purgatory. Or maybe limbo. In short, we weren't quite sure what to do with you. What do you mean? Can't you just send me to heaven or hell or whatever? He laughed. That was certainly on the table. We decided to play rock, paper, scissors for you. And I was a big winner. So I've decided I'm going to give you a second shot at life. So I'm going to be reborn? I asked. I chose to ignore the fact that apparently these gods had decided my fate by a game of rock, paper, scissors. Not exactly. Oh, you'll figure it out soon enough. That was the last thing he said. He then snapped his fingers. I was back in my bathroom, staring at my lifeless corpse. Was I a ghost? Is this what he meant by a second shot at life? That doesn't seem quite right. I looked down at myself, and I appeared to be normal. I would have thought I was still alive if my corpse wasn't lying across the room. I waited by my body. Someone would have to come for me eventually. It took two days before a police officer finally made his way into my bathroom. from my corpse. I'd confirmed my theory of being some sort of ghost before I'd even gotten there, though. In those two days of waiting, I had never gotten tired, hungry, or thirsty. It just added confirmation when the officer sprinted past me and pulled my lifeless body out of the bathtub. I tried moving objects during my wait, but I was unable to do anything but look. I hadn't gotten the chance to try and touch another person, though. I approached the officers to call for paramedics. I placed my hand on his shoulder, and the next thing I knew, I was blinking and breathing. I hadn't thought about it, but I hadn't done either of these two things in the past two days. It had been unnecessary before. I looked around the room before spotting my mirror. I was no longer a ghost. I was now the officer. I'd taken control of his body. I was a bit clumsy at first in my new body, but after a few minutes it seemed like I had full control. Just as I got the hang of things, my head, or rather the officer's head, began to pound intensely. After a few seconds of agonizing pain, I found myself once again staring at the officer from the outside. I had been kicked out of his body. The officer was holding his head while hunched over. What the hell just happened? He said. He didn't seem to understand that his body had just been briefly hijacked. I approached him and attempted to touch him again, but nothing happened this time. I wasn't able to retake his body. I didn't know at the time, but there are certain rules for my body snatching abilities. One of which is, when I'm kicked out, I can't get back in. 
I've gotten much better using my abilities since then. After a while, paramedics came to collect my body. There were two that came in the bathroom. One man and one woman. I knew I was going to try to do what I had done with the cop, but... Which one should I choose? I highly considered the woman just for the experience, but I wasn't quite ready at the time to take control of a female body. I touched the man's shoulder. Once again, I found myself in control. This time, the transition seemed much smoother, though. I continued to help the woman with collecting my corpse as to not seem suspicious. Several minutes passed, and the headache didn't come this time. With the help of the other paramedic, we placed my original body in a bag and wheeled it back to the ambulance. I began to make my way to the passenger seat when the woman stopped me. Where are you going? You always drive. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm actually not feeling so good right now. Do you mind driving? I said back to her. Fine. But you are buying my dinner. I began to realize that taking this body may have been a mistake. I didn't know the first thing about being an EMT. If I stayed in this body, I might end up costing other people their lives. There was one problem, though. I had no clue how to separate myself from the body. I had been kicked out of the cop's body, but this one didn't seem to be putting up much resistance. I needed to find a way out on my own. I put everything I had in trying to will myself out of the body. It was a fruitless effort, though. How was I supposed to do this? Getting in had been so easy. Shouldn't getting out be the easy part? A bit down on the man's thumb. It's a habit I've always had when I get frustrated. A bit hard enough to drop blood. I stare down at the small wound, once again wishing I could just leave this body. As I thought this, the headache returned, and a few moments later I was outside the paramedic's body. What had triggered it? Had it been the wound? Possibly a combination of my desire to leave and the wound? I wasn't quite sure at the time, but... I was happy to be out again. I followed the paramedics all the way back to the hospital. After they wheeled my body inside, I decided it would be best if I just left. I wouldn't be getting back to my own body. I began to seek out someone new. I realized I should really study someone before I tried taking them. If I wanted to take them long term, that is. I would need to know all the basics. Their relationships, their jobs, their hobbies, mannerisms, etc. I couldn't expect to take over someone's life without knowing anything about them. I could use other bodies for short periods of time like I'm doing now, but they'd only be for specific purposes. There are over 7 billion people on Earth, though, so I'm not too worried about running out of equity. I also didn't fully understand my abilities, though. I need to practice using my body-stealing powers more, and I really needed to find the correct way to leave a body I didn't want to stay in. I have much more to tell, but this is all the time I have for now. I can't stay too long in this body or they'll find me. I'll be back soon, with a new body to write more. For now, it's time to put this guy back to bed. Hello, Bill Bam here from the All 80s Movies Podcast to tell you about Factor Meals. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, 
and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get your 50% off today. I found a suitable replacement. This body should last me a few days before they find me. I'll explain who they are in due time, but for now, let's pick up where I left off. After I finally said goodbye to my original body, I began to practice my body-stealing powers. Entering the body was the easy part. However, I discovered many things about my capabilities. I could enter any body I wanted. All I had to do was touch the person. How long I could stay was another thing. Those with a strong mental fortitude, like the police officer could kick me out almost instantly. Those people were rare, though. Most people were easy to overpower, and I could take control for as long as I wanted. Exiting the body was a little bit trickier. For those with weaker willpower, I had to force them to want their body back in order to get out. Physical pain was usually enough to do it. I had to want out as well, though. I could damage a weaker person's body as much as I wanted, but if I didn't want out, then they wouldn't get their body back. It'd be risky to take the body of someone who doesn't value their life, because I may have to kill them in order to exit the body. For those wondering if I can take over the body of an animal, I certainly tried. Most animals avoid me like the plague, though. Birds don't seem to mind me, but anything else runs at first sight. I was able to pet a dog who trapped itself in its doghouse, but I wasn't given control of his body. I think it must be a compatibility thing. The whole time I was learning to use my abilities, I found something a bit odd. Never once did I ever run into another dead person. If I'm a ghost, shouldn't I be able to see other ghosts? Maybe it doesn't work like that, though. I couldn't possibly be the only one like this, though, could I? Regardless, once I began to get the hang of my abilities, I began to seek a proper host. I could have searched for someone younger with an underdeveloped personality, but I really did not want to go through the younger years of life again. I wanted someone basically like me, a loner. They needed to have a decent job though, and if they were a little more attractive than my original body, then who would I be to complain? It took a while, but eventually I found the perfect body. He's about the same age as I had been when I died. Despite his young age, he climbed all the way up to a managerial position at a factory. Behind the scenes, he was quite lonely, though. He poured everything into his job. I never saw him talk to any family, and he never had friends over to his home. As far as looks go, he was no Brad Pitt, but I don't think he'd have any problems attracting the opposite sex. I watched him for a while before taking over. It's important for me to at least learn how to properly do his job. I'd never been a manager before. 
He was a business-only sort of person at work, so I wouldn't have to worry too much about his work relations. After I felt I'd learned enough, I stole his body. It really was a perfect match. When I was in his body, it was like it was my own again. He didn't try to fight to push me out either. I decided I wasn't going to waste his life doing nothing like I had the last one. I kept his job, of course, but I started becoming more social. Went to bars, clubs, and other social events. I even managed to bring a few girls back to my home from time to time. Before I knew it, I'd been in my new body for an entire year. I'd almost forgotten that I even had a previous life. Everything seemed to be going perfect. But, of course, good things can't last forever, can they? I noticed someone had begun to follow me. It was a black car with heavily tinted windows. Wherever I went, the car always seemed to be there. I tried to get its license plate, but it never seemed to get close enough for me to see it. I tried reporting it to the police, but they said they couldn't do anything unless I had evidence that I was being stalked. They sent a police car through my neighborhood, and that was all. The car was obviously gone by the time the police showed up, though. As quickly as it began, it ended just as quickly. After about two weeks of the car stalking me, it just disappeared. Perhaps I'd been overly paranoid after all. I resumed my new life as if nothing had ever happened. That was a mistake. I woke up a few nights later to find myself surrounded by at least five hooded figures. Before I had time to react, a knife was plunged into my chest. Blood began to spew from my chest as I felt the life fading from me. I was able to eject myself from the body just before my host took his last breath. After I left the body, the figures turned to face my ghost self. Could they see me? The one who plunged the knife into me approached me. Once he was close to me, he began to kneel. And then he held out his hand. I wasn't sure what to do. So I ran. For whatever reason, they didn't seem to chase after me. I ran for several miles before I even thought of stopping, though. I found an old rundown house and let myself in. I sat down on the floor and tried to process what had just happened. Before I got a chance, a voice spoke. Rough night, huh? In front of me was a god who had given me my powers. Rough night? I was just killed. Again! I said angrily. Mom, was it really you? It was the body you stole. I should have told you about them, though. Them? You know who they are? Well, yeah. I know who everyone is. Those people are special, though. They're part of a cult that worships me. It's kind of funny. They think you are their savior. What about this is funny? If they think I'm their savior, why the hell did they put a knife in my chest? It's simple, really. They don't think that was the right body for you. They are a bit crazy, but they've always been loyal to me. So, I rewarded them by helping find you. Why would you do that? I don't want to be part of this. Because this is the most fun I've had in years. I mean, come on. Doesn't being the savior of a cult sound a little cool? I don't want to be in a cult. I just want to live a normal life again. I promised you a new life. 
I didn't promise you a normal one. If you don't want to be in a cult, you should really start moving. They're almost here. As he finished saying this, I noticed headlights coming up the street. I didn't give it a second thought. I ran again. I managed to make it to a busy stoplight. I took over a driver and drove as far as I possibly could. I swapped from body to body on my trip. I didn't want to take anyone too far from their life since I wouldn't be keeping any of these bodies. I'm currently in a small town on the east coast. I think I may try to catch a flight to another country soon. I think they'll try to find me eventually no matter what. But it could at least buy me some time to figure out what I should do. I've become part of a game for a god. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't think he's going to let me in any sort of afterlife anytime soon. So it seems I have two options. Keep running. Become the savior of a cult. Who would have known my life after death would have been so much more interesting? It's been a few days since my last update, and these days have been the craziest of my life. Or afterlife, I suppose. I'd been body hopping around trying to put as much distance between myself and the cult chasing me. I hadn't seen any sign of them, but I also have no clue how big or how much power they have, not to mention they have a god helping them. I decided I'd take a plane to somewhere in Europe. Eventually I decided upon Germany. I'm pretty sure I have some German heritage in me, and I wasn't exactly sure where else to go. So I picked it when I saw there'd be a plane departing soon. I helped myself to a body that was seated in first class, and I attempted to relax. My relaxation attempt was cut short, however. Since I'd taken a body in first class, I'd boarded first. I was sat isolated from the main section of the plane. There was no way for me to know that no one else had entered the plane. It took me a few minutes to notice that I was completely alone in first class. I stood up a bit anxious and began to make my way to where I'd entered the plane. As I approached the entrance, I saw a few large men in suits. They began to walk towards me. I knew I was trapped, but I still attempted to turn around and run to the back of the plane. Before I could, however, I felt a quick pain in my neck and I fell unconscious. When I woke up, I noticed I was still in the body of the wealthy stranger I'd taken. However, I was in a straitjacket now. Not only that, but there was some sort of mouthpiece holding my teeth down. This prevented me from moving my mouth whatsoever. I looked up to see that there was a young man sitting next to me. He was probably in his early 20s. He had dark brown hair and bright green eyes. He had strong facial features and almost seemed to be glowing. I'm sorry about the restraints. They're only temporary. We don't want to have to chase you again. He spoke. He almost seemed to be waiting for a response. But then he must have remembered I was incapable of giving once we continued on his own. You have nothing to fear. Our God has gifted us with you, and you shall lead us. I've been given the honor to become one with you. Soon we shall share our body as we lead the world to new heights. His voice was almost hypnotic. I found myself entranced by his words. I had no clue what the cult had planned, but his body certainly wouldn't be a bad place to call home. 
While I was replaying what he said in my head, I didn't notice he began to move closer. Before I knew it, he was right in front of me. He expertly pulled out a blade and slit the throat of the body I was in. I was ejected from the body as it went limp. Before I could react, a man grabbed my hand. I found myself in the cultist's body. Even though I had full control, something felt different. This body just felt... right. Even better than the one I'd spent over a year in. It was as if this body was truly the one I was meant to be in. Maybe this cult knew a few things after all. After a few moments, I heard a door behind me open. A few people in robes entered the room. There were various ages and appearances, but they all shared one characteristic. Green eyes. Once about ten of them had entered the room, they began to kneel. One of the older ones in front began to speak. We have been blessed by your awakening. Hopefully the body we chose for you is suitable for now. You may replace it in the future if you wish. What do you want from me? We already have our plans prepared. We simply wish for you to guide us in the new world. Will you? Yes. I said it without hesitation. But why? I didn't even know what this cult's plan was. Why did I say yes so quickly? Then I remembered whose body I was in. Did he still have influence over me? He hadn't tried to kick me out. Well, he had actually forced me inside. It was unlike any other time I'd taken a body. I thought I was in full control, but could it be possible the cultist still had some power over his body? After my agreement, all the cultists that had already began kneeling began to press their heads to the ground as if in prayer. The older one that had been speaking to me stood up, however. We knew you wouldn't fail us. Please follow me. I have much to show you, Master. He showed me everything. The cult is much larger than even I expected. There are thousands of followers, and many of them in places of power. As I'm sure you can already guess, all of them have green eyes. The grand plan is something incredibly sinister. They've been ingrained in positions of power for centuries, but they never made any real moves. With my existence, however, they're ready to act. They believe my rebirth calls for a rebirth of the planet. They have the firepower to do it, too. I could probably stop them. But I don't know that I want to anymore. Once the world's population is gone... I will be the one to rule over those who are left. Perhaps it's this body that's made me think this way. But I'm not sure anymore. So why am I telling you all this? Well, it's mostly because I can. There's nothing you can do to stop what's coming. But if you have green eyes, perhaps I can save you. For the rest of you. Try to enjoy the time you have left. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, 
or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at creepypod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object class Euclid Keter Safe Special containment procedures Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing <laughs> Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.